was a fun week. A couple hours of overtime today, and then uh, an hour earlier in the week to write an arson report that wasn't an arson because one of the newer sergeants said, hey, I need you to write this arson report and didn't really want to hear it. I said, this doesn't meet the elements of arson. Yeah, and how did he take that? Uh, it went over like a wet fart in church. Hello, and welcome Howdy. to episode 12 of the Handcuffs and Sawdust podcast. I am Mike Marazzo, and that guy over there on the sunny West Coast is Brandon Silvera. How's it going, buddy? It's going good, Mike. How are you? I'm peachy. <laughs> I'm, in a, I'm in a funk, Way to dude. sell it. <laughs> yeah. it. I'm in a funk. I, uh, I don't know what's going on. I've been very, like, physically and emotionally beat up with work schedule and trying to get, you know, stuff done. So it seems like I was just sitting in this chair not long ago doing one of these podcasts. Maybe even, I don't know, five days ago. It's almost like we're on a regular schedule. Yeah, it's good though, right? Gives us some um, normalcy. Normalcy? Is that a word? No, I don't. I don't know how normal it is to have a podcast. I, well, all different. my friends have podcast. Uh, no, they don't. Nobody else has really? a podcast. All of your long. all of your friends. <laughs> all of my friends have podcasts. <laughs> this is normal. Yeah, I uh Well, it's not normal. It is for what me. it is. <laughs> it's not normal for me either. I'm just I'm just lying. I still think it's some weird. bullshit that you have a podcast. I still think it's weird. Yeah. I was I was at a I was at my cousin's wedding. It was the whole reason we had to record on Oh god, what the hell day was it? Was it Friday? Friday. Okay. Yeah. So I had we went to the wedding on Saturday and a bunch of family were just talking like, "Hey, I listened to the podcast, you know. It's great. We like it." I wish it was on Apple. <laughs> yeah, I'm still. I spent hours on the Apple podcast uh, platform thing. I, I something screwed up to where you have to set up tax paperwork hmm. because if you get paid through sponsorships and stuff like that, right? So when I first set everything up and it asked for a name, I put handcuffs and sawdust. Yeah. So at the very end. When you're trying to do the tax paperwork, legal name, handcuffs and sawdust. And then it says, must match your name on your tax return. And I'm like, God damn it. That's not my name. <laughs> my social security number bitch. is not going to match that. I literally spent two hours the other day trying to fix that. And I don't know what's wrong. I, well, we I'm going to try sponsors. and. We don't make money off of this. <sighs> no, but if you want some of your uh, listeners you you can do a thing where they pay a premium for i don't know maybe they get it sooner or some bullshit it's all apple stuff so didn't yeah, you just then just you go tell free with apple and then if we want to charge people we'll go to patreon <laughs> yeah i'm i'm just trying to figure it out man i it, they have to be the most difficult for me and if your friends can't get it on the other 12 podcast apps i don't know what to tell you <laughs> So. Well, you know that everyone's fighting for storage on their phone, and now yeah. a whole nother app is I mean, that's going to eat up like point one percent. 
Right. But <laughs> if you access it through the internet and then log in, it's not on your phone. But that's I'm true. not a tech guy. But so that's doing know. that's doing extra extra steps. Extra steps. That's what we're all about. Extra steps. More stuff to make our life more hard. Is that a, is that a thing? Harder. Uh, more harder. More harder. It's more gooder. <laughs> it's more gooder. <laughs> so we have no guests tonight, so that's going to allow us to streamline our episode. Is that Where what we're we... going to do? <laughs> I probably doubt it. <laughs> we're going to try. We start like every. We end every Instagram live, every pre-show with like, we need a quick one. All right. We need like, we, hey, we need a quick let's one. buckle it down. Cut the shit. Clean it up. Yeah. <laughs> let's get this thing get done. Get right to it. And the next thing you know, it's like one o'clock in the morning, your time. <laughs> yeah. <and I'm laughs> Almost going, midnight here. We're like, God damn. Yeah. What? <laughs> I did it. I go upstairs. I see my wife. She's half awake. I go, I did it again. <laughs> I did it again. We just have so much to talk about. We do. There's so much there. There's so many different things to talk about here, but, and and I think sometimes, because I know I've kind of felt it too, where we'll get wrapped up in kind of these, these news stories that in all honesty, they frustrate the hell out of us because you and I can read the writing on the wall and know that what happens in one place of the country is going to eventually affect us where we are. Right. And I, I've had people I say people, I think it's actually been two. So technically, yeah, plural. Those are people. Um, yeah. Well, I'm not sure if they're people. They could be just sim, like part of the big sim world that we live in. Right. Um, and the Matrix. But, yeah. But they've actually said the best part, what they think is the best part of the show, is when you and I are just kind of riffing back and forth about our weeks and kind of the shenanigans that we come up with. Like, yeah, like they, they do like our insight in some, into some of these news stories. But for the most part, they really enjoy the how is your week portion. And well, that's good. Of, and they actually want to hear more about like what we're doing in the shop, what got us in there, you know, what kind of drives us in there and what interests us in that area. So I think going forward, we might want to touch more into, into that realm. But there right. are some, we do have some news stories this week that are going to be I think we need to touch on, especially with how some of the last episodes have gone. We've kind of touched on half of it, and now we have kind of another half. Right. So we'll get to that soon. But I want to yeah. hear about your week first, since that's one of our favorite things to talk about. Yeah. So uh, week started off with a um, kind of a bang. <laughs> like literally? Yeah. I mean, a guy hit a car. <laughs> so a, we, a guy hit a car. Yeah. Well, with another car. Oh, so a so, motor vehicle accident. Yeah. Not some guy evolved. walking down the street. Oh. It's going okay. it, to, this is actually a really good one. So we get a call for a reported suspicious vehicle, right? With a guy that's, you know, kind of in the area checking door handles. And hmm. um, our caller gives us the plate. Plate comes back stolen. So we're thinking, awesome. Of the car get, who's. Yeah. The, the suspicious vehicle okay. is comes back stolen so we're thinking cool we could get an occupied you know stolen vehicle which is fun for everyone so we had a couple guys that lay in there i had been doing something else and it was out of my district so i was just kind of monitoring it and they they go up they clear the car they're like, all right cool it looks it looks unoccupied and then um you hear one of the 
one of the field training officers come up real quick and goes, nope, scratch that, it's occupied. <laughs> Ooh. And uh, so I guess this guy had been laying in the back seat, sleeping in it. So okay. they, they immediately start challenging him. He jumps up to the front seat of the car. My boss that's on scene kind of realizes what's going on. He goes, ah, oh, crap, he's going to. No he's, one parked the squad in front away. of that car? So per our policy. Oh, here we go. We're not supposed to really do that anymore. Okay. Do we still do it? Yeah. Do some of the new guys do it? No, because they don't know. They never right. got a chance to do it before. So okay. when you get guys with you know a little bit of time on, we'll actually put a car behind, a car in front, so yeah. and go bumper to bumper, so that he can't you know force you have, his wiggle his way and out. And you have bull bars on your cars. Right? Yeah, and we have the push yeah. bars, so we'll just go push bar yeah. up to the bumpers, right? And then he yeah. can't create any kind of separation. And it's yep. a really effective tool, but some people think that we need to give them an escape route um, as to not force confrontation and possibly have to use force to affect then the they rest. should just give up yeah i know if and that's what i tell <laughs> there won't go, be if, any force if everybody just did what they were told right yeah no problem there would never be a use of force ever nope. so my boss kind of sees what's going what's about to happen he goes ah crap so he pulls out his knife and stabs a tire oh nice uh, yeah so the second they put out that it was occupied, I flipped around and started heading that way. And then I hear, okay, he just rammed a car. He's taking off, you know, this direction. I have a long eye on it. I am not in pursuit. Because remember, we talked about pursuits. We don't really get to do that in my agency. That's right. So one way that um, – I don't want to say you can get around it, but, <laughs> I mean, if you're driving in the same direction and you can still clearly see the car – I mean, what's wrong with putting out? You're hey, it just looks following. Like, yeah, I'm following at a distance. I'm not pushing things. Right. So I see it, him way up there. Yeah. So he puts that out. So I pull off where I am because he's coming right to where I am. Oh. And sure enough, whoosh, goes right past me. So I go, oh, yeah, hey, here's the car. I, I too, have a long eye on it. Um, Is that what you call it, a long eye? Yeah, it's a long eye. Okay. Never heard of that before. But so I might have to use that. Oh, you got to use it. It's great. Okay. Um, <laughs> so helicopter, we call for the helicopter. Uh, helicopter picks it up. Now, I'm so now, jealous of you. Oh my god, it's great because now once the helicopter has it, it's till the wheels fall off. Right. Yeah. We'll follow it all over. So he uh, starts heading for Mexico. Yeah, but we're going. We're going to go until we run out of gas. Like if nice. he gets on the if he gets on the freeway, we might call CHP and let them like yeah. follow it, and then we'll just come get the body whenever he decides he's done. Cool. So they start putting out the updates. We stay kind of the way that we'll do things is we'll stay a couple turns back so he can't see us, and we'll try to lull him into that false sense of security so that he tries to ditch the car, and then we all kind of swarm in. Engage. Yeah. So he keeps driving around, but he keeps kind of going in circles. So he keeps like double backing and like going past. Us. Okay. So this pursuit, but not really a pursuit goes on for probably about 20 minutes. Um, we ended up in a whole nother city. We went from nice. one end of ours to the other end into like just over the border. Uh, he foot bails out of the car spotlight comes down on him. I call it the light of God. Yes. <laughs> from the helicopter. Oh! Yeah. 
It's like, yeah, dude, we see you. You're not, you're not going to get away. Helicopters, <laughs> we have the eye on you. That's so he awesome. runs. We end up coming in um, and taking him into custody and locate a, uh, a loaded gun that he had pitched next to wow. a house's side yard. So, and the helicopter got great footage of him pitching the gun. I was able to find a doorbell camera across the street that shows him pitching the gun. Cool. So he's uh, he went to jail that night. And, Good work. Uh, and he's out us, today. Yeah, he's probably already out and probably has another gun. But that Most was how likely. the week started. Um, ah, nice week. Yeah. Start. Yeah. Another one of the guys on my team, there's been a shady uh, garage that's trying to act like it's not a sh- chop shop. Oh, hold on and a second. It, you said someone hit a car. Yeah. Well, so when he went to go leave, he backed in to a patrol oh, car. Okay. I, I got teased. I thought you meant one of your patrolmen got in a crash. Or it was no. you and you said someone, air no. quotes. <laughs> no. The only uh, even minor incident I've had in a patrol car, because if I'm going to do something, I do it big, is I backed into go a Go big or go car. home. Yeah. Oh, gee, there you go. At, at a shooting scene. <clears throat> oh, so wow. we both got out, looked nice. at the cars, and, he, and he's he's got this real thick um, like Mexican accent. <laughs> he just goes, ah, cabron, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, cool. Let's let's work the shooting. And uh, uh, Nice. But that was fun. I got my uh, my sergeant at the time fined me for it. I think it was like a five dollar one. <laughs> okay, kangaroo court. Yeah, until yeah, somebody right. ruined it because they Uh-oh. got they disagreed with their transgression. Oh, but that was a whole that's Please. a whole nother thing. Okay, but no, that was how the week started. Then another one of my guys was able to get a car that he's seen before going in and out of this chop shop. Got some dope, got a bunch of money, and a, and one of those uh, ghost guns. Well, there you go. Wow. Yeah. So good pinch. Yeah. He got that. And then, uh, what was it? Early this morning, I got hit with a water balloon robbery. I wish it was a water balloon. (laughs) No, I ended up getting stuck taking a, uh, a robbery report that letter of the law of robbery, but it's not really a robbery. Is it actually a theft, Brandon? Retail theft? Maybe he, he pitched the stuff that he was stealing when he was pushing the clerk out of the way. So he so. never made off with any proceeds. No, but he did attempt to. So it's it's more of like an attempted it's robbery. An attempted, yeah. So robbery. I'll let the uh, legal scholars <laughs> sort out what they want to do with it because it, it's it's one of those things yeah, where you don't have a, a cooperating victim. It, so it's the no- store doesn't want to sign complaints well no and, and it's in this case since it's technically considered a felony they don't have to sign a complaint either way i gotta i gotta cut a report on it i have to document that the crime well happened. it's a felony because it was a robbery yeah hmm. or i mean you could even make the case for burglary because he went in there with the intent to commit a theft crime that makes more sense to me than the actual robbery part yeah but either way i mean Burglary yeah. is a felony, too. And if a lawyer wants to amend the charge to burglary instead of robbery, I'm fine with that. Right. I just don't really feel like going to court because court Who for, does? for us is at the end of our shift and we're tired. Wait. Oh, in the morning? Yeah. See, our court, now you know, as I, I work 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., mm-hmm. my traffic court, we have two different court calls. There's four court calls. You got your traffic court call, your misdemeanor court call, 
your felony court call, and your domestic violence court call. The domestic violence court call is always on the same date and time as your misdemeanor court, just in a different room. Mm -hmm. So you magically have to be in two different rooms at the same time, which is always fun. But my court call for traffic is I get off at 7 a.m., court call for traffic's 9 a.m., court call for misdemeanor, 13.30 hours. 1.30 in the afternoon, I'm supposed to be in misdemeanor court. I haven't made a misdemeanor arrest <laughs> in months because <laughs> screw that shit. I'm sleeping at 12 or 13.30 hours. And so, now we, we, can, we can zoom in. We can zoom. Okay. But they're probably going to be taking that away from us as, obviously, the state has opened up. COVID yeah. is going away, and uh, we'll probably be oh, forced yeah, it's to over. go into it, court. It's over. Yeah, it's over. So anyway, I, sorry. Yeah, so for us— court at the um, end of your day. Yeah, so usually most preliminary hearings are—and if it's for, like, us, there's no real misdemeanor court because if you charge somebody with a misdemeanor, they basically just automatically get probation. <laughs> or at least they get offered it. <laughs> Okay. At least that's the way it feels. Uh, so, uh, domestic violence court is usually around one thirty in the afternoon. Um, <sighs> yeah. So those are those are always. I actually have a domestic violence case that's supposed to be going to. I think he's trying to take it to trial on <sighs> next week. So that'll be fun. And then, um, yeah, then most of our preliminary hearings all in the morning. Traffic courts like. I think nine o'clock, but it's in a whole nother city and I don't do traffic sites anymore. Cause you have, see that's, you have traffic cars, so you don't necessarily well, have to do traffic anymore. Right. You can, if no, you wish. I, I, I'll use, I'll use traffic stuff to stop a car. Well, for PC. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the only time I ever really even okay. add. Cause if I arrest somebody for something, I'll add the probable cause for the stop. I'll right. charge them with that too, just so that it's in my eyes, it's a little bit cleaner when you see the charging document of like, hey, oh no, I, a I totally stop agree. sign violation, and then hey, uh, do revoked, yeah, all yeah. this other stuff. So yeah. that's he's kinda, a dope. Is that what you? Yeah, you just said okay. I call them dopes. If I find a bunch I'm, of dope, I, 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 yeah, I, I usually call them dummy or dopey. I'm pretty sure that my traffic stop days are coming to an end. So, I'll well, yeah, you only have when, uh, a few months left. You want to, you don't want to screw yourself over in the future where you got to. What's going to happen to this podcast when I'm no longer an active police officer? Well, that's when the woodworking portion is going to really kick up because you're going to be just swamped. I wish, I wish that was the case, but I'll be working in another job. I'm pretty sure. Well, you so. can tell us all the fun security stories. Uh, yeah, we'll see. But that's for the future. Yeah. So you had your stolen car, and then what else did you do? And then one of our guys got that uh, caught that gun case, and then we oh had yeah the, the gun uh, case the robbery this morning. I like the ro robbery, wink wink robbery. Yeah. So that was a pretty good week, though. Yeah, it was a fun week. Couple a uh, couple hours of overtime today, and then. Uh, an hour earlier in the week to write an arson report that wasn't an arson because one of the newer sergeants said, Hey, I need you to write this arson report and didn't really want to hear it. I said, yeah, it was a fun week. A couple hours of overtime 
today and then uh, an hour earlier in the week to write an arson report that wasn't an arson because one of the newer sergeants said, hey, I need you to write this arson report and didn't really want to hear it. I said, this doesn't meet the elements of arson. Yeah. And how did he take that? Uh, it went over like a wet fart in church. Boss's name up here. Uh, paragraph two. Nice. Because <laughs> you have the initial paragraph of, hey, I responded to a fire. I showed up and there was a fire. Right. And then and Sergeant so-and-so stopped this somebody is that, that loosely matched the description provided by the reporting party, who I tried to call and uh, didn't want to answer their phone and didn't have their voicemail set up. For further details, refer to Sergeant So-and-So's supplemental report. Nice. That's a quick one. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. My chief now, when he was my patrol sergeant, he used to like doing that. Hey, I need you to, he'd pull over a car for traffic and then make you do the work. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> this guy's drunk. Arrest him. No, no, no. Yeah. You arrest him. What? I didn't see him you doing You know you're anything. a cop, right? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I had so... a sergeant like that when I worked in uh, Monterey. Uh, he'd pull a car over. I'd show up. I'm like, hey, what you got? Yeah, I got a deuce. DUI. I go, oh, that sucks. <laughs> and he goes, it really sucks and for he goes, you. He goes, yeah, especially since you're going to have to write it. Go, Wait a minute. Oh, well, I'm going to need you to cut us up on the driving behavior and the reason for the stop because I, I will not be testifying to that. No, I didn't see him doing and anything. I, and I don't under, and I still can't figure out why I didn't make it in that department. Yeah, I, I wonder. Didn't, I apparently didn't have very many friends. <laughs> well, I, I've come across that one time. I was my town. We have a section of a business park that we have to drive through the neighboring city to get to that business park, which is then shared by that city. So one night I'm coming back up the road to my city and this guy runs a red light, left-hand turn on red with no headlights on to get onto the expressway. So he seemed to be going pretty fast as well. It seems like he needed a talking to. Yeah, so none of this happened in my jurisdiction. But, yeah. you know, we can do in the act of business if we're acting, if we're on duty and we observe traffic in another town, we have the right to pull that person over. Yeah, so we're, we're certified by the state as right. police officers, as peace officers of the state of, you know, for me, California of you. Correct. Illinois. So technically, like, I love the little stuff on TV of like, it's not, it's outside your jurisdiction. Like, technically yeah. the whole state's my jurisdiction. State is my jurisdiction. <laughs> so I, I get on the expressway and I pull this guy over a couple things I hate doing, pulling over a car on the expressway. is one of the top ones. I don't know if you've ever done it. Once. I've done it in rush hour. I've done it you know, at late at night. I don't like either rush hours, obviously worse because I'm terrified. I'm gonna get hit by a semi. Yeah. Coming to a full and complete stop on the freeway is... Um, is really weird. A, that's a no from me, dog. Yeah. So I pull this guy over. He's hammered. As soon as I make contact with the driver, the next city lieutenant pulls up behind me. And he goes, hey, thanks for stopping this guy. He was running from me. I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. I, I saw him do this, that, and the other. He's like, yeah. I go, he's hammered. He says, do you want the DUI? And I said, no. Why would I want the DUI? LT, in the history uh, of that question, has anybody ever said yes? 
Right. So he goes, I'll call a traffic car over. I'm like, do whatever you got to do. Otherwise, I'm, I'll tell the guy to get a cab or something. I'm a, so he calls over one of the guys under his command. And that poor sucker shows up. He goes, hey, this guy's Dewey. And the guy's like, okay. And he gladly took it. I'm like, he didn't observe anything. I, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. We we make friends with some of the uh, highway patrol guys in the area. And they'll, yeah. they'll give us their phone numbers. And they'll say, hey, if you've got a clean DUI, like there's no crash involved, like give me a call. Right. Like I'll come take it. Because they 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 treat DUIs for our highway patrol like city cops treat gun pinches. Right. Yeah. That's a big stat too. Yeah. And you're getting a drunk guy off the road. So Yeah, like it's I, I always joke and say, Hey man, you're doing Lord's work because I I hate DUIs. Yeah, I'll only do them now if it's a crash. I'll I'm not out it. hunting DUIs. Yeah, I'm not out hunting them, but if I if I come across one I, I typically will end up doing the guy for it. Oh, I'll, I've been hate, known to, I'll hate every second yeah, of it. I've been known to park a car but, lately. And yeah, just get I mean, ride. it, it kind of depends on the situation, too. Like and the attitude. A, yeah. I mean, if it's a crazy night for us and we're just humping calls, like call right. to call to call. Uh, hey, dude, park there. Give me your keys real quick. I'll chuck them. Like, go home. Or take yeah. your house key off of there and then, then you need to leave. Right. So I think I was going to the point where my sergeant used to do that to us, and I've never been a fan of that. So I did have yeah. one of my buddies, who's my sergeant now, but when he was in patrol, he was handling a traffic crash on one of our main thoroughfares when a semi-truck drove by and clipped his squad. So then he calls it in, and then anytime one of our patrol units is involved in a crash, the boss has to do the paper, Right. So he calls it in, and then my sergeant at the time, who's been retired for a while now, he pulls over the semi-truck. And now he has, he's mad, one, because he has to actually do paperwork. So then he calls me over, and I cruise over there, and he goes, give me your ticket book. I'm like, where's yours? <laughs> he, I don't carry a ticket book. I don't have a ticket book, and you know it. I'm like, all right, here's my ticket book, which I pre-fill out the whole thing before I even write a ticket. I put my badge number, I sign it, I put, the, I do all that stuff. So when I actually had to issue a handwritten citation, it was quicker just yeah. to fill in the driver's stuff and whatever the citation or the, uh, you know, violation was. But I've already signed it. It's already got my signature and all that stuff. So he, he goes, why is your ticket book signed? Because um, it's my ticket book? It's, <laughs> it's fine. I read yeah. tickets out of it. Right. So he scratches out my name and then signs his name. And then it goes to court. He, first of all, he yells at me because I signed my ticket book. And I'm thinking, fuck you. Where's your fucking ticket book? You've been a cop for 25 years. <laughs> so we go to court and then they're asking, where's officer so-and-so? I go, oh, that's the sergeant. Where is he? I don't know. He never comes to court. He doesn't write tickets. He wrote this one. Can you can you explain to me why your name is scratched out? I go, nope. Boss told me to do it. You'd have to. He ask took my him. ticket book. Yeah. Oh, but you can't because he's not here. So whatever. Ooh. Oh man, he's the guy that would get on the air and go, run this shit bag for me, and then spell his name out: <laughs> G, G G garbage, a asshole, B 
be bit. I'm like, oh my God, this guy's going to get me sued. <laughs> and he are would say, if you never. Radio channels encrypted? Now they are. They weren't then, of course. Oh, and we shared <laughs> so a band with five towns. Yeah. Anybody mm. could hear that. And he had once told us, if you're not getting sued, you're not doing your job right. I'm like, oh God, just thank God he's not a training officer. Yeah. That's. There's a couple so, of, of guys. That I love him personally. Attitude, He's a like, great guy. Yeah. But. That's the thing is like, there's guys like that that have the same attitude. Like they're all like most of the ones that I know, like they're good dudes. Yeah. But the way that they police is still like, it's 1980. And I'm like, dude, you're going to like, not only are you going to get sued, you're going to lose your freedom. Yeah. I can't do it now. Like, I would, I would prefer to just, uh, maybe just, uh, come back another day. <laughs> so, well, I had a very short week. I was off the weekend, of course, and then I worked uh, Monday night and Tuesday night, which turned into an 18-hour shift again because, you know, we're fucking short. Staffing levels. So, yeah. So Monday night, it was it was relatively quiet. A friend of mine called me and asked if I could do a lockout for him. I've known him since I was a kid, and his brother is a good friend of mine. He, his brother just passed, you know, last month. So I hadn't talked to my buddy in, since the, the passing of of his brother and uh, he called me and said, Hey, I think it was his girlfriend's brother was at his house. There was a domestic. It must've been a battery because the, we came and arrested this guy. So he left his van there and he told my buddy, just throw the keys in the van, lock it and we'll come back with an extra set of keys. And then I'll pick up the van whenever next week. So my buddy parked it where it couldn't get tickets and locked the keys in the car. So then they call him back on Monday, and he's like, hey, you're going to come and get your van. And they're like, no. Can you bring it to us? Well, the keys are, <laughs> no, I like keys the keys are in, in the it. No, I like the dummy. And then, then he had suspicion that she had reported it stolen. <laughs> so he's like, I go, what do you want me to do? I said, I certainly can't run the 28, the driver's license, the license plate. I can't do that stuff anymore. He goes, no, I would never ask you to do that. Can you just get the door open for me? He goes, if it's stolen and I'm driving it to them, what will happen? I go, well, you'll be taken out at gunpoint because I've done a lot of those. Yeah. And then, you know, they'll go from there. He's like, oh, shit. Well, just come and unlock it for me. I'm like, all right. He goes, I'll worry about the rest after that. So he sends her a message and says, hey, I, li I heard that you reported your car stolen. Please let me know if that's true, because if it is, I'm not, I'm certainly not, not going to bring you your car. With a foot pole. Yeah. So I got, I got a chance to do a lockout for him. And, you know, I never did lockouts before I went to my last police department. And in that police department, everybody, every squad has a lockout kit and you're expected hmm. to do them. So I learned how to get into a car in like, I don't know, 30 seconds. It's a good skill right, to so, have. Yeah. And our department, my buddy Frank used to do all our lockouts, Frank and Johnny. Johnny's retired, and Frank's now a detective, so he's not on the street anymore. So nobody does lockouts in my department. So I bought a lockout kit. You have to prove that you're a police officer to get it, you know. Huh. And then uh, because only tow truck drivers and police officers can have lockout kits. Yeah. Otherwise, so you're in possession I, of burglary tools. Yeah. So I keep it in my personal car because if I kept it in my squad— being be a police an department, a this shit would be stolen. Yeah. Right. I don't <laughs> understand how that works, but can't keep anything without someone else wanting to take it from you. So yeah. I keep it in my car, or my 
personal pickup truck. So I went and got it and it was cool. I got into the, got him the keys and I drove by later, like the next morning before I, well, I would say the next afternoon because I was working 18 hours Yeah. and, uh, he, uh, it was still sitting there. So I'm guessing she never returned his text saying that she did not report it stolen and I wasn't going to run it and find out. So, yeah, uh, I got to do that for him. And then we got the call of a man laying on the ground in front of an apartment building. And of course it's just some, this guy was effing hammered. He was so drunk. Uh, he, I, I called him an building. Um, no, I have no idea what he was doing there. He lived far away. At least huh. his license comes back to an address that's numerous cities away, not even oh. close, probably an hour away. But I think one of the paramedics said they had seen him in town before. So unfortunately, he might be a resident now. Yeah. So we're going to be dealing with this guy a lot, I think. Uh, well, that'd be fun. Yeah, it should be fun. And then uh, we had... I, I wanted to talk to you about this because this was actually pretty cool. We get a call of three male blacks fucking with a car. So I start flying over there. It's about one in the morning. And as I'm flying over there, we get another call of a vehicle that, which was just stolen right around the corner from the original call. So I pull up at the uh, first complainant's house and he's got a 2021 Dodge Challenger. It's a beautiful car. It's got the Hemi. It's the Super B, whatever. So they had they had broken the window on the driver's side door and then went under the front passenger uh, glove box and pulled down a wiring harness. I don't know if that's how they were going to try and start the car. I don't I know. No I'm not a mechanic. Yeah. But... There was a witness, so he looks out the window and sees these three black guys standing around in the parking lot at 1 o'clock in the morning. Doesn't think anything of it. They're not neighbors. You know, he doesn't know who they are. And then he sees actually one of them go up to the driver's side window and put his face up to the window and look in the car. And he just figures they must be friends of the daughter, the guy who owns the car. Because friends always look <laughs> in people's cars. Right? Yeah, especially like that. Where you like Wearing hoodies. Hands over and right. Yeah, yeah look in. in the morning. That's totally normal. Not suspicious at all. No. So he just goes back to his couch, and he, he then he, after that he hears a smash, and then he sees the lights blinking huh. from the alarm going off. Maybe they so, weren't the friends after all. Yeah. So then he <laughs> goes to the daughter and says, "I think someone was trying to steal your car." And her dad's an over-the-road truck driver, so he wasn't home. So while I'm dealing with that, my buddy Dan pulls up, and he goes, where is the report of that stolen car? I said, it's right around the corner. And they were both given to me because it's my beat. <laughs> but I can only do one. Yeah, you can only do one at a time. At a time. So Danny runs over to the other place. And so on the driveway, up at the front of the driveway with a car behind it was a new, what the hell are those SUVs for Dodge? Uh, Durango's Durango. Sorry. A Durango with the Hemi, the um, SRT. Mm. It belongs to some woman who left it at her parents' house because she's on vacation. And so they blocked it in with another car. They heard it start. The mom heard it start. And then she's like, what the? And then she runs to get the son and said, "Your someone started your sister's car. He's like, what? He's got the key fob with him. Yeah. And then they just drive across the lawn to escape. They actually get away. 
They drive Jeez. across the grass and they get away. So apparently, and you guys might want to be on the lookout for this, or maybe you even know about it. Someone hacked into Dodge's computer system, and now someone made an app that you can download on your phone, which will start and open, open and start Dodge cars that have the push button starts. Oh, great. So anybody is it, listening. Is it, all Do- is it all Dodge cars or just all Dodge? Year? No, if you look it up online, there's a story that you can find it. Because uh, when we went back to the station, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. And my buddy's like, yeah, check it out, dude. So it is certain years, but includes new cars from maybe like 2017 on up. And they get the app on the phone, and the criminal just unlocks your own car with his phone and starts Jeez. it. So Hopefully if you it's... own one of these Dodges, SRTs, or Challengers, Chargers. 2017 and up. Cause, yeah. Because we, we have a Dodge Journey, but I think it's like a, I think a 14 or a 13. Plus, it's not an SRT journey. No, it's not. No Hemi in that. No, is it? Right? Is it only for the? Is it only for the SRTs? No, I think it's for any Dodge product that that you can access with your app on your phone. Okay. So, like Hyundai now has one you can just touch your phone to the car door oh, and yeah. unlocks and stuff. So, that technology super secure. Yeah, apparently Dodge, from what I read, knows about the problem. They just haven't addressed it. So people have complained. Right. If you were to own time and money. Yeah. If you own one of those cars, a brake kill switch would be fantastic to put in, which, you know, a lot of my my friends that own muscle cars in the past, all their cars had a brake kill switch on them. Mm -hmm. So you just flip the little toggle switch when you get out of the car. If someone gets in it, they can start it and drive away. But the minute they hit the brakes, it kills the engine. You can't restart it. Oh, cool. So. Yeah, so you might want to look into doing that if you have those cars. Oh, and I meant to say I was I was supposed to work Monday, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. But Monday turned into 18 hours. So technically oh, yeah. I did work Tuesday. Yeah. And then I saw the chief in the morning. My buddy who just got promoted was in the chief's office, and I walked by the chief's door, and he usually goes, hi, Mike. But he was talking to my buddy. So he looked at me and waved, and I went like this. I did the dis- <laughs> the dismissive wave at him, like get the fuck out of here. I'm sick. I'm sick of working 18 hours. <laughs> hire uh, hire more cops. <laughs> and I walked out, and then the girls up at the front that work in records, they're like, "Oh, you're here again? Yeah, here again." So my sergeant decided to do the call out to get someone in. Tried to get someone in early, so I can go home earlier. No one. Came in. Then I can only work till one. I'm only allowed to work 18 hours. Yeah. So they have to get someone in to work coming at one o'clock. So he finally reaches my buddy, Raul, and uh, Raul says, yeah, I'll come in. So then John, uh, John says, can you come in at noon? Can you come in at least an hour early? Somehow the conversation went like that, and John hung up. And then so John tells me, okay, Raul's coming at noon. You only have to work 17 hours. I'm like, oh, only 17. Okay. <laughs> That's so, so much, so much yeah, better. Yeah, so much better. So I come in at like 11.45. I come in off the street because at noon I'm getting the fuck out of there. And I got my bag and all my shit in the car. And then at 12 o'clock, there's no, I don't see Raul anywhere. I get a call of the hey. fight taking place at our shipbag jumper hotel that I told oh. you about where everyone jumps. Get a call of a, that going on. They They give it to the regular patrolman, and then they give it to Raul. I don't hear him respond. I'm like, oh, Raul's here? He's already on the street? 
and I hear nothing, no, no 10, four or anything. And I'm like, <laughs> I go, uh, 58. I'll take that with 74 or whatever. And he go, they say, dispatch goes, Oh, I'm sorry. We thought 88 was supposed to be in for you. And I said on the air, yeah, so did I. And we fucking take <laughs> off to the call. And now I'm going lights and sirens in the middle of the day to a fight, domestic fight. Supposedly, it's a fight. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. I'm driving in the opposite lanes of traffic. I'm dodging cars like Frogger. It's pretty cool. I don't get to do that at night because there's no traffic at night. So I can just drive yeah, in one lane. Like, there's no need to go lights and sirens half the time because there's nobody right. else out on the road. Exactly. So now I'm, I'm actually using all four lanes of traffic, two in one direction, two in the other. I get to just shoot in and out. And uh, it was a just a verbal argument between some people. So he didn't come in till one. So I, he comes in and he goes, hey, dude, sorry about the mix-up. I'm like, well, what's the mix-up? You know, I don't care. I'm already here. And he said, well, John said he'd call me back, and then I fell asleep, and he never called me back to tell me to actually come in at noon. <laughs> I'm like, oh, all right, <laughs> fuck John. So that was it. That was my week because – there, I was supposed to be back on shift then at 6.30. It's 1 yeah. o'clock. So I'm supposed to go home and sleep for two and a half hours and then go in and work 12 hours. So I told my boss, I'm like, probably going to call in sick. And he goes, well, let me look at the schedule. So mind you, it's now a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, the sergeant from the other night shift switched with my sergeant like last month before this whole promotion shift thing came around. So he was scheduled to work. My buddy who was off on Monday night was coming back to work Tuesday night. Then me, Danny, and our and our, our boss. We were supposed to have like six guys mm-hmm. on a Tuesday. <laughs> Fucking Tuesday. So <laughs> my one friend sees that we have six guys, so he takes off because his family's in town from out of state. So now we're so down to leaves, five. That leaves five. So my boss goes, oh, look, we have this extra person tonight. And I'm like, oh, well, now I'm actually just going to take off. Because it'll leave yeah. the shift with four. So I just took time to do it. They're like, you're going to waste your overtime. I go, would you rather me waste my overtime or come in on two hours of sleep and possibly get somebody injured? Yes. So I didn't I didn't work Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Please come back. And it's my time off. I I don't yeah, I don't actually take my time off as pay. I take it yeah. as time time owed. Yeah. And I, I take as much of it as I can. Because Yeah. I mean, uh, there's days you need a mental health day too. Like Coming in on two hours of sleep is not safe. No, yet There's, it's it's running rampant through our department because of well, the it, shortage. It's, it's running rampant through the career field as a whole. Yeah. Right. Where guys are coming in. Like, there have been times where I've called out because, I, and I told my boss, I go, I, sh- I, one, should not be behind the wheel of a car, and two, I shouldn't have a gun on my hip. Right. Like, that's, I, I'm going to be a liability to you. Like, I'm so waiting for I'm one of us to this. get in Right. One of us to get in an accident on an 18-hour shift because we're fucking tired. Yeah. And then the village is going to get sued by me. <laughs> not, not the person we and, hit. And the person. Yeah. That gets and the person hit. you hit. Because it's just not safe. No. And they know. Right. So like it, there's enough data out there to show that being up for that long is the equivalent to being hammered. Yes. Yeah. So everything slows down your your reaction times, all that stuff. It just your decision making ability. Oh God, it's horrible. Your judgment. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Now they're kind of in a panic mode because, like I told you last week, my buddy put his paperwork in, and now they're hearing someone's telling them 
that I'm leaving in May and that my other friend Mike's not coming back to the street. He's retiring in January. And one of the detectives that's out is probably going to be disability because of his injury. So now they're all they're going, uh-oh, not only are we down 11 <laughs> guys right now, but it's going to be 13 by next spring, and we better start hiring people. And they're, I don't know. We'll see Maybe what happens. they should hire a lateral. Yeah, remember I told you that the uh, yeah. police and fire to. commission say no. But I thought the mayor can tell them what he wants. Isn't that how it works? The mayor well, hires it, the police and fire commission? It, it kind of depends on, appoints, how, on, on, on how, how your city government's set up. So, like, for our city, the city manager is the one with all the power. And the mayor, the mayor is more of a um, more of a figurehead. See that it, that it's, makes it's sense. Weird. It doesn't it doesn't make a ton of sense to me because I would think that like you're the mayor, you're the boss. You like it well, you actually stops with you. You actually are, even in your setup. Because my my buddy, who's a detective, also he's the mayor, village president of a city just west of us, mm-hmm. and he had to hire a new village manager, and the village well, manager see, said. Because the mayor appoints the village manager. And then the village manager goes, don't forget, uh, if I want to make some changes, I'm the boss. And then Frank said, no, no, no. I'm the boss of you. So before you do any, before you run any of that shit, you have to run it past me. And the okay. guys will go up. Because I know, I so. I know when we did our, um, our search for a new chief, it was the city manager that ran it. He made the recommendation to the city council and to the mayor, and they confirmed it. So... But it just seems like just loosely paying attention to city government that it's really the city manager with the power. Yeah, they have this one that we have. Uh, we're all waiting for them to either, I don't know, get hit by a bus. Maybe someone cuts the brake lines on his car. Maybe he, maybe uh, he's met with an unfortunate accident. Hey, <laughs> Joey Sidenose is going to meet him in the parking lot. Yeah, but Maybe he goes yeah, and sleeps with fishes. I don't know. Yeah, our, our city manager actually just uh, announced that he's going to retire. So, Oh, good. Ours is going from, I think they his contract ran out, so now he's on like a 30-day extension while they're looking for another one because they are finally going to replace him. Thank God. Oh, the guys run the village into the ground, and Jeez. we don't know. Hopefully it'll get better. All right, so that was my week. Not much uh, happened for me. So we do have... A few news stories that we're going to talk about. All right, I think we're just going to bring up a few things here. The first one being a continuation of a story that we talked about last week, right? And that yeah, would I think be, it was last week. Yeah, the uh, Daytona officer who got shot in the face or in the head, right? Yeah, shot in the, in the head. head? So that shitbag who shot him, and I finally did see the video. I watched it. I found it yesterday, along with this story. So, and you actually see the the officer. You can't really see the gun very well at all. Oh no, I, I didn't see it at all. I just you and, hear the gunshot, and then just he goes down. Right. You see the video of his his video, you know, collapse or whatever. So, police on Saturday arrested the man suspected of shooting a. Daytona Beach police officer in the head earlier this week, leaving the officer in critical condition, launching a days-long manhunt. The uh, shitbag was identified as Othal Wallace. He was captured while hiding in a treehouse in DeKalb County, Georgia, 
east of Atlanta. Like a punk. Yeah. The property where Wallace was found is affiliated with a pro-gun group known as the NFAC, an organization known to demonstrate against white supremacy and police violence, Young said. Hmm. Kind of sounds like a uh, domestic terror group. It does, and they had their comment was, they're not, <laughs> of course. They have no... You guys sound like you're a domestic terrorist group. No, no. Well, we're not. We're, we're not. Promise? We're black militants. That's different. Yeah. So, yeah, this guy was hiding out in a treehouse. I want <laughs> I do like that they use the officer's cuffs, too. Like, anytime something like this happens, I, I just, I love the fact that they will take that officer's cuffs, and when the piece of crap is taken into custody, those are the cuffs that go on them. Yeah, that's, it's somewhat justice. Now, if you could have shot the shitbag with the police officer's gun, that would be better. But unfortunately, it, it he didn't put up much might, of a fight, I guess. It might be worse just to send him to jail for the rest of his life. But really? that's that's all predicated on, you know, an attorney doing their job. Right. Well, as an update for the officer, uh, they said that the officer, the surgery was fairly successful. He still has a long way to go. He's fighting for his life. But it sounds like He's, they're pretty optimistic, though. I hope so. Um they said if he pulls through this, this cop would do everything in his power to return to full duty. And he will continue serving this community without an ounce of malice or hate in his heart for what happened to him because that's just the type of person he is. He's a better man than I. Let me just put that right out there. Yeah, it'd be hard to come back and not be at least a little bit jaded. Great picture of him getting sworn in and being badged. Yeah. Uh, attached to this photo back in 2019. I like those so, pictures. Like when, it, yeah. and it's universal throughout the board, throughout the entire career field. When you, you look at these pictures of guys when they're, they're getting their badge, like you can see the pride, the happiness, all of that. It's just, it's, it's perfectly captured in one photo. Yeah. I've always been a fan of, that moment for us, uh, having, obviously, we've both taken part of it, taking part in it. My mom came to my academy graduation, which was, you know, pretty cool. I don't know where my dad was. I don't Maybe he was there. I don't know. I forgot. <laughs> uh, it's been so long. But I have the picture in my shop of my mom and I at graduation in my yeah. uniform that's hanging up on the wall. So... It's pretty cool, and I've tried to, over the years, since I'm a training officer, I've tried to go to all the graduations of the new officers, mm-hmm. if, I can, if I can make it, and I've made quite a few, and it's always nice. I think it's nice, even if I'm not going to be their specific FTO, I like to represent the department. I'm very proud of this profession and what we do, and I'm going to miss it when I do finally go, whenever that is, next year yeah. or, or years later. So, yeah. Anyways, that shitbag's in jail. So, yay! The shitbag has been captured. When his family heard about it, they were a little upset. Because I'm sure he's a choir boy and a, and a good kid. Well, I, I had heard he just went back to church. Of course. Yeah. He was really getting his life back together. He had uh, he considered going back to community college to uh, earn his associate's 
degree in uh, dumbassery. Dumbassery. Yeah. I think he's... Which Has I would he... argue that he already holds a doctorate. Was he a, an honor roll student like all the other ones? Yeah, yeah. No, he was a... Yeah, he was a loving father. Uh, of course. To numerous kids. Yeah. Yeah. That I, I, He hasn't seen in years. Um, he's just, you know, just really the kind of person that... You just uh, a pillar of the community. A pillar of the community. You beat me to it. I was just about to say it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that was uh, one of the things that we wanted to talk about. And I just want to say congratulations to that department. They finally, you know, put this behind them. And now they can all concentrate on that officer getting better. So yeah. and supporting him because he's gonna he's gonna need it. Yeah. And the other news topic that we have is once again close. To you, it's something that's close to you, I should say. Yeah. And it yeah. is close to you. Yeah. So, and this comes after the wake of your VTA shooting, correct? Yeah. So, it, I mean, we, we've seen it plenty of times before. Uh, anytime that there is a mass shooting or tragic incident where the primary weapon used was a gun, politicians use it as an opportunity to start pounding the table and get into the whole gun control debate and, and try to push that agenda on the citizens of this country. Yeah. So, okay. So, so yeah, I, I found the article. It's funny. I saw the, someone in our group, or maybe it was you. It was me. All right. So you texted <laughs> it to our chat group and the story is just San Jose unanimously approves new gun control plan in wake of the mass VTA yard shooting. So you can tell us what this in, entails. Yeah, so every city council member and the mayor uh, voted to enact this new uh, gun control thing. And uh, this is kind of part two of what they've done. They, they now, in the city, uh, any firearm purchase has to have audio and video recording. Like it has to be, the purchase has to be recorded. The transaction has to be on video. Yeah. Complete audio with audio. Too? Yeah, audio too. I don't, I'm not entirely sure what yeah, I don't know what thinking is. is with that. Like, and if they can want to demonstrate, like, well, listen to the words he says and listen to the way that he says it. I, I don't know. Uh, but I'm I going mean, to kill someone. No, you know, I, I will not use this gun to <laughs> murder people. No. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally going to do that. I'm totally do it. Totally do it. Um, but, I mean, most gun shops have at least video of the counter. Of course. They, where the gun transactions are yeah, happening. The whole store is under video surveillance. Right. Transaction happening. Right. So, but now it might require yeah. something more close up, maybe? I have no clue, man. Um, They they just say they want audio and video. So, you know. All right. So now they have passed legislation that in the city, if you own a firearm, you have to carry liability insurance and you have to pay an annual fee because they did a study and they found that victims of gun violence cost the city $2.19 million per per victim as far as like resources and stuff like that. So they're going to pass that burden on to people who 
legally own firearms. And I'm not sure if you remember this, Mike, but we recently discussed the topic of ghost guns and how that those are illegally obtained and privately manufactured. Right. And are typically carried by criminals and are typically the ones used in crime. So I'm... I, the majority of them. I mean, on a, yeah. like this guy that did the VTA shooting, he legally bought his weapon. Yeah, he, he owned all those. And, right. and that he just was, cracked. Yeah, that, and I, I, I fully think... So, and I haven't had a chance to really do a deep dive research into this, but just from the last, we'll say, five years, it seems like these these mass shootings, these these tragedies that are carried out with a firearm are done by people who have some sort of mental illness. And those are the ones that typically have purchased the firearm legally. When we see that, right. there is typically a mental health component. And I don't know if anybody remembers this. You could probably, I think it was episode seven when I talked about this shooting, that if we go back and if we actually start treating mental health issues, Correct. substance abuse, and all this crap, maybe we can start curbing gun violence. Or here's a wild question. Why don't we just enforce the laws we already have on the books? Like it's illegal to carry a concealed firearm with in California without a concealed weapons permit. Correct. So why don't we enforce that? Or why don't we make the penalties for gun related crimes so steep and so severe that it actually gives people pause? The reason why your average row citizen doesn't go off the deep end and murder somebody is because they don't want to go to jail. They don't want to spend the rest of their life behind bars or even have the death penalty on the table. It's the threat of the punishment right. that keeps people from doing things. It's just like kids. Kids without boundaries and without rules kind of step over the line and go a little crazy. But when you give a kid boundaries and you give them a consequence for going over that boundary, they kind of self-correct and they stay within the boundaries that you've set for them. I don't understand right. why this is such... A foreign concept to everybody else. Yeah, why can't we constantly just punish actual criminals? Now, the people of this city that are good, hardworking, law-abiding citizens now have to pay more because of criminals, what are criminals are doing? Hey, it's, Mike. And um, part of the... <laughs> yeah? What, what type of people own guns besides like legally go out and buy guns besides hunters and, and, and shooting like enthusiasts other than police officers and yeah, police officers. Right there. That's exactly what I was looking yeah. for. Police officers. So now, oh, wait, is this going to affect you guys? If you, if you own a firearm, this is the way I understand it. This, I mean, this literally passed this week. Right. Is that if you live in the city limits, you own a firearm. So technically my duty weapon is owned by the city. So that wouldn't okay. affect me. But if I lived in the city, which I don't, because as well as I am paid, I'm not paid enough to live in the city I work in. I would love to live in that city because I, 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 I'm one of those weird people that thinks that when you're in the community, you're invested in it. You're a little bit more motivated to go out and do some stuff mm. and try to clean it up a little bit. I, I 
like I said, I, I got like three years on, so I still have a little bit of the rose-colored glasses. I'm not completely jaded. No, that's but, fine. Here's my. What can I counteract is, that? Sorry. Yeah, after sure. you tell me. No, you finish your sentence, and then I'll counteract okay. that. So, so now we're gonna have police officers that aren't, you know, the ones that are able to live in the city are are stretched pretty thin. They're responding to these violent crimes. They're seeing the aftermath. They're traumatized by it. I mean, let's face it. I, mean, I know none of us want to admit that what we see is traumatizing or that we are traumatized by it, but it, it's what it is. It's trauma. Can't escape it. Right. And then you're going to financially burden us on top of it while, and I heard... you, while you spit in our face and then kick these criminals loose before we even get the report written. Right. I did see in the article that it may be a violation of the Second Amendment. Yeah, um, the mayor. I have such a such a love hate relationship with this guy. Do you, Do you actually know him? Not Not okay. personally. I've met him a couple times. I I fully believe, and this is I have no evidence to back this up, but I fully believe that he is eyeing for a state senator spot and going to use some of this stuff to try to springboard his sure. platform up. A, a big city mayor. They always mostly yeah. have bigger plans. Yeah, just like Gavin Newsom had eyes on the governor's mansion. Although I think that with this recall, he kind of screwed himself over if he if he ever did truly want the White House. But that's that's a whole different thing cuz we don't need I, Gavin I, I, Newsom in the White House, so. We don't need Gavin Newsom, period. Yeah. Like he could just go away. I'd be fine. But no, the mayor at, at least like after the whole rioting thing when defund the police was the topic du jour. He he's a democratic mayor and he flat out said defunding this police department is a non-starter because they screwed him over in the pension years ago. And I mean, hundreds of officers left and it left the police force completely decimated and crime was rampant throughout the city. So they've been trying to build back up. We're still not to where we were before all that. Yeah. So they, they've been pretty like the city council has been pretty good with, agreeing to pay raises to bring us up comparable to other agencies in the area. They've pretty much agreed that defunding is a bad idea for, for our city. So I, I give them credit for that and I appreciate that. But then you do this and I mentioned it in our pre-show. This is like the Simpsons character, Ralphie sitting there going, I'm helping. You're not doing anything. All you're doing is hurting people that are already abiding by the law We've had we're coming out of record unemployment where people are struggling financially, and we saw a record number during the pandemic, or plandemic as I like to call it, of people going out and buying firearms for their own safety. So now people are struggling financially, they're worried about their safety, and now you're going to tax the crap out of them? Here's what's here's what really sucks. You can't tax the fucking criminals. No, they got no money. And so who's going to pay for it in they the end? Pay it when of they're course not because they're criminals. Do they ever pay it? No. Right. This article said that it cost the San Jose taxpayers nearly four hundred and forty-two million dollars annually. Yeah, it's because we have a lot of gun crime. Now, I don't think the city council will ever fully admit that we have a gang problem oh, or oh. a gun violence problem. Oh, that reminds me of something. <laughs> but it, it's 
I don't know. It, until people are willing to acknowledge the issue, right? They're they're never gonna do anything to solve it. They're just gonna kick the can down the road. Of course. And then they're gonna. These people are gonna pat themselves on the back and say, "Look what we did. Look what we're trying to do. We're gonna make. Yeah. We're gonna make we're, people safer. We're visionaries. Yeah. So I want to address a couple things. One, you wanting to live in the city where you police. It's a great concept. And it is very cool for you to think that you should live in the community in which you serve because then you you truly are a member of that community, right? Yeah, you're invested in it. This is how I see that. We've had numerous people on our department that live still live in our village. And the benefits of doing so I guess for them outweigh the consequences. So, you know, they get they get picked up every day by a squad, call on the radio, I'm ready. Someone goes and picks them up. They don't have to drive a car, all that kind of stuff. Here's my argument against that. I can't live far enough away from work from where I work. There have been times where I've gone into my town where I work, off duty with my family, for whatever reason, stop it at McDonald's, go into McDonald's. There's some shit bag I just fought the other night eyeballing me from across the... That's the shit I don't need to deal with when I'm off duty. Yeah. Don't need to be in a grocery store. Don't need to be at the gas station. Any of that stuff where those shitheads are going to see you when you're not on duty, I don't need that shit. So I live 30 miles away. Yeah. So we used to actually live in the city when I first started. And I, I can say that since we moved about 50 miles out, uh, my days off, I'm way more relaxed. Oh yeah, I have less, I have less anxiety, and I'm able to be more present. Uh, because when we like, we went to a park uh, for Mother's Day one year, and I like I was sitting there, and Annie could see me. Like I was a like flexed bundle, just tense the entire time. She goes, "What's wrong?" And I just started naming gang sets. Yeah, I go. There's one. There's Poco Way. There's this. There's yeah. that. There's the other one. I go, and, and here's the really scary part. Blue, blue, red, 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 blue. If he, I, and I just, I like, I basically got to the point where I was like, can we please leave? I, I, like, I'm about to flip out. Right. You don't need that in your personal life. We have enough of it yeah. when we're working. Yeah. So, so I, there, there are drawbacks to it. And I think for me, the biggest part of, of wanting to stay there was, Kids had started making friends. I had started school and everything. So I think that for me is the biggest was the biggest yeah. draw to stay in there. But I, in all honesty, I don't know that I would move back if I had the opportunity to. If I really think about it and weigh pros and cons, I'm way happier here. Oh, no doubt. So I wanted to address that. And then the thing that you just reminded me of when you said, "Oh, we don't have violent crime," whatever the hell that statement you just yeah. said, because that's well, they don't, that's your... they won't they'll never admit that they have a gang problem. Right. So my department, yesterday I'm sitting around. I get a text from one of my buddies. So I'm going hiking, like I said, with my buddy Dave. He works for Cook County and his buddy. And then my buddy Mark, who works with me. Mark is a sergeant on the day shift. And Mark ran the tech team, which was disbanded last year because the village says, oh, we don't we don't have gang problems and we don't have drug problems and we don't have the need for a tech team anymore. So yesterday I'm sitting around when I got up and my buddy Dave sends us a message. He's like, hey, 
was the DEA in town today? And uh, Mark's like, yeah. The DEA task force came into our city and seized over 100 kilos of cocaine and $300,000 in cash. Mm -hmm. Yet, we don't need a tag team because we don't have a drug problem or a gang problem in our town. It's fucking yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, I laugh anytime I've ever heard a, a city council member for our city say that there's not a gang problem when there are quite quite literally Mexican drug cartels operating in our city. I know it because I've seen the cartel lawyer firsthand, eye to eye. I've been on search warrants where we've recovered 20 pounds of methamphetamine. It's real. It's out there. It's in your community. Yeah. It's... And until and until people start holding elected officials responsible or accountable right. for the policies that they put in place, nothing's going to change. Won't change. Nah. I mean, if you keep electing the same so. district attorney that refuses to prosecute criminals but is instead focused on trying to prosecute cops, yeah, the criminals will always win until communities kind of stand up, put their foot down, and say, we're not going to take this anymore. We're going to work with the police. We're going to, we're going to be, you know, cooperate to a certain extent. I can understand fear of retaliation, but it's a strength in numbers kind of thing. When the community stands up and says, no, we're done with this right. shit. Yeah. I don't think y'all ever see when, that. I, I don't think so either because it's, it's cultural to this point. It's too ingrained in our DNA and, and the current, political climate we're in where now criminals are having statues put up of them and cops are being are, are being locked away in cages yeah. I, I don't understand how we got so backwards it's and it it's getting to be pretty taxing it is it's mentally draining i just started watching southland again and i know when we show when we had our draft, it was on our sh it was on our list, right? Which, by the was, way, we have to do. Yeah, it was up there, like one of the first picks. It was like one of the first picks. Yeah, we have to have a draft of movies soon. But so I'm watching it again now. When I when that show first came out in 2009, I had been a cop for 10 years already, and I loved the show. I thought it was brilliant. Now I'm watching it 10 years later, and, and so I've been a cop for 22 years. It's it's actually more brilliant from all the shit I've seen in my career, right? To look at it through a different lens again, and even in the sh the show is so well written. And there's one of the guys, Sean Sean Hot Hotosi. I don't know how you say his name. He's now in Animal Kingdom on TNT, but he plays one of the gang detectives. Oh, okay. And yeah. at one point, he tells you know someone i'm sick of going after one of these gangbangers is murdered then he has to go tell the mother and she's gonna be oh my baby and he was such a good kid he's like i'm so sick of it and then there's another murder of a gangbanger and here comes the mama screaming on the street my baby my baby and i see that stuff now and it it still it still works today 10 years after that show was yeah. on it still that, applies it it's never going to change. But. No, I had a I had a training officer tell me when I went to my first I think it was my first like shooting. He goes, yeah, this this guy that's going to live like this victim, he'll be your suspect in about a week or two. Yeah. Same thing in a retaliation shooting. Right. 
and yeah. sure sure enough he was yeah it's just it, it's back and forth i think that's why like i don't mind going to shootings stabbings because typically it's gang on gang it very rarely do we get like a stranger shooting where it's a complete like there's no connection between victim and suspect right right and and, and it's like a truly innocent you know victim or bystander so it like typically it doesn't bother me that much but because it it is like i it's i've gone to these things where it's like hey didn't i arrest you like right a month yeah. ago hey i know you yeah, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, you're the one that had the gun on you. Yeah. All right. So that's our news wrap up uh, for the week. Yeah. So now we are going to do our police officer memorial. And this week we have two people, Brandon, two officers and one canine, which you will fill us, fill us in on as we go along. So the first one is P Ridge Police Department in Arkansas, Police Officer Kevin Apple. His end of watch was Saturday, June 26th, 2021, by vehicular assault. He was 53 years old and had 23 years on the job. Police Officer Kevin Apple was struck and killed by a vehicle in the parking lot of a gas station. The vehicle had fled from officers in Rogers, Arkansas, earlier after they attempted to stop it for a property-related crime. Probably a hit-and-run accident. Probably. Officer Apple and another officer spotted the vehicle parked in the gas station parking lot and attempted to contact the driver. The driver accelerated and struck a police car before fatally striking Officer Apple. Officers pursued the vehicle into Bella Vista, where she and another occupant were arrested. Officer Apple had served with the Pea Ridge Police Department for three years. He had previously served with the Lowell Police Department and Farmington Police Department. So prayers out to his family and his co-workers. The second one is Imperial County Sheriff's Office Deputy Sheriff Anthony Redondo in California. His end of watch was also Saturday, June 26, 2021. Cause was an automobile crash. He was 25 years old and his tour was nine months Deputy Sheriff Anthony Redondo was killed in a vehicle crash at the intersection of Atten Road and Forrester Road while responding to a call for service. His patrol SUV collided with another vehicle in the intersection. Deputy Redondo had served with the Imperial County Sheriff's Office for only nine months. He is survived by his parents and his siblings. And then I found one that wasn't on the Officer Down Memorial page. It's in reference to a retired Massachusetts trooper. He was one of two victims fatally shot by a gunman. That happened Saturday as well in Winthrop. Trooper David L. Green was shot by uh, some guy. He was an innocent bystander. 
So I just wanted to add his name. Green became a Metropolitan District Commission police officer in 1980 and became a Massachusetts state trooper 12 years later when the MDC police were merged with the MSP. Green was assigned to the state police Boston Barracks at Leverett Circle for most of his career. He retired on December 31st, 2016. So at 2.45 p.m., a large truck crashed into a building. At that time, police received reports of shots fired. Police responded to the area. The suspect, who had not been publicly identified, was fatally shot by police. The gunman shot Green and a woman. Both of their wounds were fatal. The woman also has not been publicly identified. The retired state police trooper may have been trying to stop the gunman. So prayers go out to those last two families as well. And then you have uh, some canine news. Yep, canine Max of the St. Joseph Police Department in Missouri. On Wednesday, June 30th, K-9 Max was shot and killed by a suspect while members of the St. Joseph Police Department's special response team executed a domestic violence-related search warrant at a home. As officers breached the home's rear door, the suspect ran out of another door where he was confronted by K-9 Max and Max's handler. He opened fire, fatally wounding K-9 Max before being taken into custody. K-9 Max had served with the St. Joseph Police Department for two years and he was a three-year-old German shepherd. Prayers to the handler in that police department. Yeah. Sure. So this guy's firing at a dog. The handler's there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I know the Fire. handlers typically are having to watch. The dog. The dog and the behavior so of the dog. They have no so cover. No. So it, like we, we'll train with our canine units because we have primarily apprehension dogs. And that's what our guys tell us is like, Hey, I can't be out on gun and monitor the dog. So typically there's sure. somebody with him. So I, I don't know if right. maybe they, if they maybe just took up a hasty position real quick when the guy fled. Yeah. Um, maybe he didn't have backup. Yeah. But he just someone had time to capture him after he shot the dog. So that's yeah. So he was taken into custody. So he, you know, maybe realized, yeah. Oh crap. And maybe gave up. Okay. So, so, out of curiosity, because I, I don't know, when a canine is shot in the line of duty, you know, they, they consider that canine an officer. How yeah, is that I, a, I a think charge, it's charge for the... I think it's charged the same. Okay, that was my question. I, I think I'm not 100% sure, though. I sure. could be wrong. Something so if somebody out into. there knows for certain, reach out to us at handcuffsandsawdustpodcast at gmail.com. Very good. Or DM us. Okay, we'll give you all that information shortly. Stick with us to the end. For our hero of the week, I think we decided that we were going to mention all the people that have come to the aid of the Surfside Florida Police Department, the EMS, uh, in the condo collapse. The volunteers, you said a crew came in from overseas Yeah, to I think help. it was something like uh, Israel. Because like when... Um the fires in Australia were happening. I know that we sent some uh, firefighters over there to help with that. So anytime there's any, any sort of like catastrophic thing, a lot of times these international, you know, these organizations from around the globe will, will reach out and try to help. Uh, sometimes at their own, on their own dime. Yeah, that's so, amazing. So, so every single one that, of those people. 
yeah, that are out there sifting through rubble, going, I mean, they're experiencing trauma for every body that they recover. That's a traumatic thing that, that people are having to go through. So, and even the, the dogs, every person and animal involved, uh, just, they should be recognized by everyone across the country. Yeah. Because that has got to be one of the toughest jobs in the world. Yeah. I mean, there's what, still 150 still outstanding. Yeah, 145 this morning I saw on the yeah. news. I, I mean, and if we're being honest, that's 145 bodies that still have to be recovered because chances are right. they're dead. Yeah. So kudos to those people. Those yeah. are our heroes of the week. And we should just clump them in to be badasses of the week because they're working like 12-hour shifts. Yeah. The heat. I mean, the the conditions that they're working in are horrendous. So... I'd say we have to lump them in as the badasses of the week as well. Yeah, and I don't have the names, but uh, I want to give a special shout-out to a uh, a young rookie officer at my department, seventh day on the job with his FTO, a house a residential fire. They run in, grab an elderly lady, extract her from the home, not conscious, not breathing. They perform CPR and bring her back. Oh, man, that is effing so. awesome. I don't have their names. I don't have their permission to put it, and I don't think that it's been played. I don't think their names were released when they put out the uh, little Twitter. Hey, look at okay. we did good things. So I'm not gonna. Can you out reach there, out to them personally and just thank them? For yeah, us gonna, I, a, yeah. I I, okay. I reached out to the sergeant already and and gave the okay. kid a little pat on the back and well, said, hey, yeah, not bad, not, not bad for your first week. Yeah, saved a life. Like, seven yeah. days in. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, Please tell him I, I said congratulations. I, I joked too. with him a little bit. I go, because they're in their um, their limbo week. So the first week on the job, they are supposed to basically be a glorified ride along. They're not getting evaluated yet. Okay. So it happened on like his last day <laughs> of limbo. I'm like, man, that yeah. would look really good. On, on your first your day. Of, right. Yeah. <laughs> Daily observation report for those who yes. don't speak our DOR language. Yeah. Cool. Congratulations to them. That's big yeah, time. They did an awesome job. So good for him. All right. That wraps up our law enforcement portion. And we're going to get on to the woodworking portion. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to have to start calling this at least uh, towards the end of this month. We're going to have to rename it the home remodeling portion. A home remodeling portion for <laughs> because sure. Because you're, you're still working on the, the bathroom, right? Yeah. I haven't been in the shop and like, I was in one night this week, but three weeks of not being in the shop, not being productive. Uh, I took time off last weekend to work in the bathroom, and I think I discussed it last week where I worked so hard on Saturday that I was unable to work in the bathroom on Sunday. So yeah, uh, not much going on for me. I did wrap up two bottle openers. Nice. And I haven't I haven't been on Instagram in like two weeks. I think I posted our stickers, which can be had by asking a question. Yeah. That's all you gotta to do. Show. Just ask ask a question and you yeah. get a sticker. So I posted pictures about the sticker. I don't really know what date that was. That was my last post. I think that was actually I, uh either Sunday or Monday, because I think I saw that when I was taking a break from writing uh my report on the car shenanigans. Oh, yeah. It was uh, June 24th. I don't know what day that was. So <laughs> I just haven't. I've 
Okay, so I wrapped up these two bottle openers. I did some filming of that, and one's for Club America, and one's for some Pumas. That's in, I think, uh, they're both. I, I want to say Mexico was, teams. Yeah, I would say they're. I think they're Mexican teams. Every now and then, like some of the, the Mexico professional clubs, like will come up here and they'll play like a an international friendly or something like that with one of the um, my MLS teams in the area. Yeah. Okay. So. I think they turned out great, and I am going to post pictures probably this weekend. I don't want to go back on to Instagram. I, I've been in a rut, Brandon, like mentally. I got all this work to do in the house, not only the bathroom remodel, but when that is done, I've had the ceiling torn out of the bottom of the house for three years because of the bathrooms that were leaking. So I just see all this work ahead of me, Yeah, and it's making it so hard to push forward even though i want to get it done so bad because then the house will be you know yeah finished and i can right and i can enjoy it for the next several years but it's just physically demanding and at my age it gets harder and harder to do it all so that's what i've I've got going on yeah and especially you've been run a little bit ragged with these 18 hour days yeah that doesn't help it seems like yeah it takes longer for you to recover from that and yeah. it's I know we both have have talked about you know we used woodworking and time in the shop and all these projects as a an outlet you know from our job so when I I wonder if maybe that's compounding it is you're not having the time to go in there because you're having to physically recover right and then it's also being compounded because that that's how you mentally take care of yourself. Yeah, you know, I have friends that say it's okay to do nothing, and you know, every once in a yeah. while, and I'm, you have to just decompress. Yeah, yeah. If sometimes you you need to um, just be that bump on a log. For a yeah, and then I feel guilty, right? Because yeah. that's not in my personality. I'm a Type A. Yeah, you know, you got to do it. Got to do it. Yeah. So you 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 and my wife are kind of the same thing. Like uh, I was joking with my son one time. He was. He was talking about, like, what would be, like, a super cool day? I go, honestly, a day where I don't have to do anything. <laughs> yeah. I can just sit there. I can watch a baseball game all day. I can watch baseball games all day or football yeah. all day and just hang out with you guys. That's, I like, that would be a great day. He goes, well, maybe we could do that. I go, no, your mom would absolutely <laughs> lose her mind. Like, she's one of those. She's got to keep going. She, if she's sitting down, if she's sitting still, she's she's usually not happy. <laughs> yeah. But I can I'm I'm trying to get used to it. So uh but I'm looking forward to like last night, you know, I was in the shop for the first time in a few weeks and I got the bottle openers done because I would go down there. I already had the blanks cut. So one day last week I went down and just painted painted each one that took 10 minutes. And then I had to go back up. Yeah. And then the next day a second coat, you know. So I got some CNC time in where I engraved nice. the logos on them. Then I had to put, then I had to paint, you know, the, the engraving and stuff. So got that done. And then at like five 30 in the morning, I thought I'm going to, I haven't exercised since last August. I'm a police officer who <laughs> depends on physical fitness for his life. For fuck's sake, I got to get out there. And so I actually went out and did a couple miles and I plan to do it again this morning. And my goal is to, or when I say this morning, I mean, tomorrow morning before I go to yeah. bed. Uh, the problem is I want to do it after work 
which is really hard, especially working all weekend coming up in the 4th oh, of July. Yeah. So I don't know if I, I know I won't be in the shop because that's it's work weekend. So there's no shop time coming up for me. But when I do get back in there, I was telling you I wanted to I have a cutting board I have to do. It's an order and I want to record it for the YouTube channel. But I have to be in the mental state of mind to do it because I have yeah. to be on camera and all that other stuff. So I have to set up shots and sometimes you just want to work. Oh, yeah. That's, so that's uh, why that, I haven't posted anything either. I just want to work. Yeah, if, uh, if people have told me that, like, oh, you should consider making, you know, like a YouTube channel or something like that. And, uh, I mean, as cool as I think that would be, I don't want to take the time to set up a shot before I start working. I want to just do the work. Yeah, it's very so. time-consuming. And then, like Bao said last week, you know, his process, he shoots raw and does all this other film grading, and I can't even... Yeah. I can't do that. I was shooting all my YouTube stuff with my phone, but now I actually have a dedicated camera and I can use the phone for a second angle if I wanted to, you know, and at yeah. one point I've, I've got a GoPro I can throw in somewhere else if I want, but all that does take planning. Yeah. And, then and I just want to work on top of it. And you, just yeah, you know, like, it's yeah, funny. We, we got into this to do things and to make things and not, right. I mean, and I'm not going to make any money off yeah. YouTube. Let's just be honest. It's not going to be a source of income for me. Well, and that's the thing is I think so when we were talking to Mike coffee about it and he talked about, he really loves content like, creation, that, that whole process of content creation. And, and right. you know, talking to bow, I got the same feeling. So it, unless it's something that you truly get a lot of joy out of. Oh, I love doing it. I worked in television. Yeah. I, yeah, I, always, know, I know. I love that. I want, I love the video content creation. I love editing. I I'm good at it, but now I'm doing this. Yeah, this takes up so much of my time. It literally does. <laughs> the show, and then researching for the show, and then editing the show takes. This weekend it'll take me three days because I have to work, and every free minute I have in the squad, I'll be parked just editing our podcast. <laughs> so I can't add video editing on top of that. I just, I, oh, I just can't do it right oh, now. Yeah. It... <laughs> if we ever get a producer for the show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's so funny. You are giving us way too much credit, dude. <laughs> and well, the twelve people that listen, maybe they, it, if it, you know, gets to twenty, yeah. we'll have a producer do all this stuff. But that's funny. We'll find some kid that like needs he's, community he's a grad service student. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, community service. <laughs> you need. To, you're being forced to listen to this and yeah. edit it down. So what's on your bench though while you're in so, and out of the shop? So like I kind of mentioned on our our uh, pre-show that you know I hadn't had a lot of time to get into the shop either. And I noticed it was affecting kind of my mood. So Sunday I forced myself to go out there. I'm like, I'm going out there. I'm doing something. And I had done a, like just a test uh, piece when I first got my, my laser. And um, it was just like a quick little, you know, I love you thing for the wife and just on scrap pine. And it, it actually came out really nice. So I finally was like, well, you know, here, let me chop off the edges here, put a nice little, edge profile on it sand it down right quick and um just i had some extra spray lacquer so i just sprayed that on there and it was something that like i could accomplish it was one of those like um i talk about like easy wins out there in the shop so sometimes you just need that that easy win to build momentum because right like when you have so much going on it's just like god i gotta do this and then i gotta do the it other turns thing. into a job yeah yeah so if you can do something that is just, it's quick, you get that instant kind of um, satisfaction of, hey, I completed this, 
for me at least, I find that I, it really gets the ball rolling. So I did that, and then I forgot to get freaking hanging hardware when I went to no. uh, the home center today. And then, uh, and then I went straight into, like, I didn't have, at the time I had no orders coming, like I had nothing to do. So I just grabbed some scrap cherry and walnut and then kind of like laid out a, um, I've never done an ingrain cutting board. So I'm going to do one of those. Cool. Uh, So I just basically laid those out. I still have to rip them down and all that stuff. And then, um, I had some even a little bit more left over. So I kind of laid out like a almost a matching either it's going to either be a charcuterie board or a, um, or like a couple of wine caddies. Um, oh, nice. Just, you get just to have I'll try to sell board it. and some wine caddies. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the thing is I wanted, I want to sell it kind of as a set because the pattern is similar. It's the same wood species and all that stuff. Yeah. That's cool. So, I want to do some wine caddies too. Uh, like yeah. I said, I have that cutting board to do and I should do a wine caddy with it. I'm yeah, sending you and, pictures right now as we're oh. talking about <laughs> the bottle openers that I just finished. Yeah. and before, then, You'll get uh, to see them before anybody else. Yeah. So then one of the people that I've done, I think this will be the third piece for, uh, hit me up. She wants a, a table to put her little portable barbecue on outside. Okay. And then tall enough that she can slide a trash can underneath. So I'm going to go a little bit outside my comfort zone and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do everything with dowel joinery. I'm not going to use any screw lace and no fasteners. It's glue and dowels, glue and dowels. So do you have a dowel jig? Cause I wanted to buy one. I do. I have so many out there, but yeah. So I went to, so I'm one of those people of, when it comes to bigger tools, I I believe in buy once, cry once, but there's some (laughs) things that if I'm not sure if I'm going to use it a ton, I will go with the cheaper option. And then if it's something that I need to upgrade, I'll upgrade it later. Uh, so I went to Harbor Freight. Right. Like everyone does when you're looking for something that's affordable. And I got their dowling jig. It's like 15 bucks. And I'm like, I'm telling you, I pulled this thing out and this is like solid steel. Like it, It's beefy. So I should it, check that out because I, I yeah. want a dowling jig as well. Yeah. And it's really simple because I, I looked at like Orange Store, Blue Store. And they yeah. had they had jigs there, but it looked like just looking at them, it looked more complicated than it needed to be. The one I got was like I said, fifteen bucks. It sandwiches onto the onto whatever you're gonna use. It's self centering. Right. Does it kind of look like this? Um, that's this the is on Amazon. One. Oh, okay. That's the exact one. Cool. Um, and it's like half the price of that, so don't yeah. get it off of Amazon. Go to Harvard. No, I won't. But All yeah, right. I, I mean, I, I just took it out and looked at it, and it's it's great. So it's going to help, at least with the uh, the ingrain pieces, because those are going to be too tall to use my drill press. So you just and use then, your hand drill? Yeah, so I'll, it'll, it okay. comes with um, all these different bushings that you can put in. So I'll yeah. be able to stabilize it there at the end. Yeah, uh, okay. I'll be able to stabilize it at the, on the ingrain and then mark the corresponding holes on the side grain. And then I can take that to my drill press. The nice thing about that one that you were just looking at on Amazon is that it's self-centering. So I can drop a pencil in there and mark a center line. Yeah. And then I can go ahead and just, I'll, I'll have that perfect 90 coming from my drill press too. All right, cool. So I'm excited to do that. And then um, I think at the end of the month, we've, 
been uh, kind of trying to pick uh, what we want to do as far as colors and flooring in the kitchen because we are going to this is this is now going to be a full blown <laughs> remodel. Uh oh. Uh, it started out as like, well, maybe we just do like an epoxy countertop and uh, like paint the cabinets. To now, uh, we're going to be building uh, new cabinet doors. We're going to be laying vinyl plank flooring. We're going to be completely gutting out a buffet area and turning that into a giant pantry. Oh, that'll be so, awesome. Yeah. So, and do a whole new sink, uh, faucet, and everything. So, we actually finally. Uh, about a month ago, finalized what we want as far as uh, color for the lower cabinets, color for the upper cabinets, and then the uh, the flooring, at least color that we want to use. Is that the sample that you have right there? Yeah, so here? this is a sample okay. that we have. It's a, what is it, cherry. And okay. it's it, it'll look really nice with the dark blue that we have. And then we're going to use a, uh, a lighter color in the rest of the house. I think it's called like Canadian Hone Hewn oak okay. i don't know what the hell it is it looks whitewashed to me which i really like let me see okay let me see if i can get the glare off of there, there for you. yeah okay. yeah so so yeah so that's next of, year's uh, project yeah for so, me and yeah, okay yeah so for end of july we're going to start going pretty hardcore in there and then i had considered like filming that whole process and and doing that as a youtube video but i think I think what I'm going to do is film portions of it and use IGTV. Yeah, that's cool. Because I I think that will make it more accessible for the people that actually give a crap <laughs> about following yeah. that. Because yeah, most of them that are going to want to see that, they're they're already following me on Instagram. That's going to be where they go anyways. Right. So instead of like, hey, go to the link in my bio and subscribe to my YouTube channel that I'm probably not going to put videos out on <laughs> outside do of like like major me. projects. So, well, no, yours yeah, are coming I, out pretty consistently because I, 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 I was like doing. A, um, yeah, like you had a very regular schedule going from what I, I from what I saw. I did. And then, you know, I found Instagram Life. and, and yeah. stopped doing YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh, started doing a, a remodel of the family room and I did a video. When I converted, we have two built-in bookshelf units that have cap base cabinets on them with two doors each. I had taken the doors off, and on the left side of the fireplace, that's where the entertainment center is going to be for the turntable and the receiver. So I made pull-out drawers for the turntable, the receiver, pull-out album drawers. Okay. I just have to build build drawer faces for them now. And then on the other side, the subwoofer goes in there. So I have to do build two doors, inset doors for that. I had remodeled the bathroom in the ba in the first floor, the powder room, built the vanity. That was the first vanity I built. It has inset shaker style doors, and I'm going to build it, the inset shaker style doors to match in the family room, so it looks like the same furniture, you know, set up. Yeah. So you got some kind of a flow there. So I have to get back to doing that. But when I took the ceiling down. And I pulled all the kitchen cabinets down and tore out the soffit and put the cabinets back up. There's no ceiling. There's no soffit. All the way across because we had the bathrooms were leaking. So when this bathroom's done, I'm going to put recessed lighting all throughout the whole back of the house because we don't have any. Yeah. So kitchen, eating area, family room, all recessed lighting. And then I'm going to hire someone to come in and do the drywall of the ceiling. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm just done <laughs> hanging drywall. And then I can paint it. And then I'll build... 12-inch cabinets to go on top of the 30-inch cabinets. Okay. 
instead of building new 42 inch cabinets, I'll just add 12 inch cabinets to the 30 inch cabinets and yeah. all new doors. And then we'll have basically a new kitchen. Yeah. So my wife goes, be... I want to buy, sorry, my wife goes, I want to buy new appliances. Our microwave took a shit. Oh, so we're going to buy, we have white appliances that are from the eighties or whatever, nineties. Yeah. I want to buy new appliances when the kitchen's done. I'm like, okay, so in two years, we're not going to have a microwave for two years. She's like, what do you mean? I go, I'm not going to, this kitchen ain't going to be done this year. I got too much other shit to do. So I said, just get the appliances now. We can make it work. Who yeah. cares if they don't match we're, right now, but they will in the, in the end. Yeah. When, uh, when we bought the house, the only thing that was the original appliance that came with it was the dishwasher. And it finally like just, it wasn't working right. So we have, we have the home warranty. So we brought the guy out to look at it. He, I don't think he made it all the way into the kitchen before he started laughing. And he goes, you're getting a new one. I'm not even going to bother looking at this thing. He goes, yeah, yeah it, this is the original one from like 97. You're getting yeah. a new dishwasher. So we need all we those. got that. And it, and it matched, it matches everything else in, in the kitchen. So now really all we have to do is bring the rest of the kitchen out of 1997. Right. Yeah. And into the 21st century. So I'm going to build all of the shaker cabinet doors. Uh, Me too. The drawers, the way they're constructed is I can't just like unscrew the drawer face and make a new one. I would have to completely. Build new drawers. Yeah, rebuild the drawers. And that just doesn't seem like something that I want to do right now because that's, I, I'm already going to have to do about, I think we counted 20 to 25. Yeah. Doors. Uh, doors to then do about another 25 drawers is just going to take forever. If it's something where it looks or it looks like crap once we get the well, doors in, then I'll paint I'll, it and put yeah, new hardware we're paint, on, right? Yeah, well we'll paint it and then if it's still, you know, it just it doesn't match like we want it to, then I'll go through I'll build the new the new drawers and just bite the bullet. Yeah. But yeah, when when we're done, we're both pretty excited for it. But when we're done, it's going to look it's going to look pretty nice. All right. So I was also thinking about doing inset doors for my cabinets, the inset shaker doors, which I did in the bathroom vanity and which I'll be doing in the family room edition as well. But I, I kind of like, first of all, they're a pain in the ass to do inset doors. Oh yeah. With the, you know, making sure you have an eighth in. if something's there's off too and much, I'm not building too much the, math. <laughs> yeah. It is a lot of math. So I might just do full overlay doors because I kind of like the look of full overlay doors. I think that's what I'm going to do too. My doors now are solid oak. Oh, the wow. actual doors are solid oak. And then on the back of the door, they have oak strips going across uh, horizontally for like strength, I guess, or weight. I'm not sure. But I'm going to take all those doors off and use them. I can make cutting boards out of the doors or something. So that's what oh, I'm going to yeah. do with mine. At that time, I'll do that's what I'll do. But that's next year. And I also have to, we have a raised roofed uh, and porch enclosure on a concrete patio that uh -huh. goes off the family room uh, sliding glass doors. I want to enclose that windows, door, you know, make it a three season room. I've got so much plans here. I'm just running yeah. out of time to get it done. <laughs> I wish I had enough money to let well, someone come in and do it all for me. But Yeah. Well, I mean, well, you know the saying, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. One bite at a time. That's how we, uh, it's funny you say that because I hadn't heard that until I went in my master's program, you know, mm -hmm. and you have to do a thesis, you know, and all this shit. And I, 
it's very overwhelming. And yeah. our our professor told us the way that they were going to do it in our program was, I guess, in a lot of other master's programs, you work on your thesis at the end of your program. You get all the classes in, then you use all that knowledge to start and write your, your thesis. Yeah. Our program, we would have one or two classes and then a four-week block of just starting your thesis, then okay. two classes, then another four-week block of thesis work. So he told us we're going to be taking, he said, how do you eat an elephant? One and then he said, one bite at a time. So we weren't going to be overwhelmed at the end with trying to get this project done. We started it at the beginning and we worked on it throughout the program, which was fantastic. So that's where I heard yeah, that's that that's got to make it a lot, a lot easier to, to do it because it's, like you said, it's pretty daunting. Like I remember when, when my wife did her, uh, master's program that she was, I remember her stressing about the thesis and kind of having her tell me about it. I'm like, yeah, that sounds awful. <laughs> That's too bad for you. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I'll be doing that. <laughs> yeah. I'm so dumb. I thought about getting a second master's degree, but then I'm like, yeah, what the hell does someone need two master's degrees for? Well, you're just a glutton for punishment though. I guess, but I should get my doctorate. That's another subject yeah, for when I'm re when I'm retired <laughs> when I'm retired and I got six years to spend on schoolwork. Uh, I love school. It was fantastic, and I I enjoyed every minute of it. But I went to school good... so I could play baseball. That, that's the whole reason I went. <laughs> I played in a men's league, and I didn't have to go to school for that. Yeah. <laughs> so there. I wish I would have went to a like when I just got out of high school and then gone to college, but I didn't go back until I was in my 40s. So I did all three degrees in seven years as an Jeez. adult while working. So I, w I missed yeah. the college life. Yeah. It would have been fun. Yeah. I, I kind of wish I had done that too because I, I did the whole uh, community college route for a little bit and then just complete lack of focus on everything. So I, I went into, into the Air Force and then finished up my degree. Oh, I actually that's good. finished it up in 2020. Okay. So Good towards for you. the actually like the beginning of 2020 is when I finally finished it. So. I, I went to I out of high school. I went to college at community college, and I was yeah. studying police science. That's what it was called. Uh, criminal justice was called police science back in the day. That was 1984 when I was a freshman, and I did two semesters and decided I wanted to work instead because I'm an idiot. <laughs> and my I grandparents might as well be getting paid for this. What kills me, my grandparents were raising me, you know, so I, I quit and then I go to work. And years later, my grandma's like, you know, if you would have finished your two years there, we would have paid for you to go to any university to get your four. I'm like, you son of a. <laughs> Why did you tell me that? Then? You got to tell me that while I'm doing it. Uh, all right. Dangle the carrot. Do you have anything else for the. I got nothing, man. That's right. that's pretty much everything I'm working on. Okay, good. So uh, it'll be a lot of home renovation stuff for you coming up. Yep. Yeah, doing these little side projects. Because, I, like I said, I haven't been getting too many orders. I also I really haven't been soliciting too many too many orders. So because I'm trying we have not some to. stuff around the house that we want to do. Right. I, I want to put, like, my Etsy on a vacation mode so I don't get any orders. Mm -hmm. I haven't got, I don't get a lot from that, but you know, I've got some woman that wants a marine bottle opener with a 
uh, Chief Warrant Officer to rank insignia on it. I just can't figure out how to do it where it looks good, so that might not go anywhere. Well, and usually then, the uh, Warno ranks are ugly anyways. It's a bar. Yeah, <laughs> I don't... Yeah, it's like a it bar with a square in it. Right, doesn't look good. So <laughs> I got that, and I got that five-foot police flag I'm doing. I told you I had sent an email to the uh, Secretary of the Chief and said, listen, I've been working a lot. I'm not in the shop. And I have to convert your digital files into cutting files for the star. And, and she's like, oh, take your time. No time limit. So I got that. And then my boss, who was just promoted, wants a flag for his office. He wants our patch engraved on a plaque. And his wife wants a bottle opener for the sons as a gift for someone. Okay. And then I got, of course, the bat display I have to do for the autographed bat and two cutting boards and a noodle board. Uh, so I have work. I yeah. just haven't had any drive to actually... Do it. Yeah. Who's the uh, bat signed by? Kyle Schwerber. Oh. And this year he's having a phenomenal. He's yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like hitting home not... runs every thirty seconds. They, they I think he just not... actually hit another home run. Yeah. <laughs> they, they might not get that bat back. <laughs> yeah, it'll be. I'm gonna change the colors to the Washington Nationals uh, in the yeah. background of the of the display <laughs> box and just hanging in my shop. Yeah. Yeah. So that's for my buddy Johnny. He gave that to me last year. I did a flag for him and he's like, Hey, can you make me a display case for this? I'm like, Yeah, it'll be a long time. He goes, I don't care. So then they text me, Where's my bat display? I'm like, I told you it'd be a long time, damn it. <laughs> you said you didn't care. Right. Stop asking me. <laughs> All right, well, thanks. I'll say thanks for everyone who for listening. And if you want to see our pre shows, which we speak about during the broadcast of the podcast, we do a pre show every week on Instagram, on the Handcuffs and Sawdust podcast page, normally on th every other Thursday night at 9.30 p.m., and then the following week, Friday or Saturday. So look for those. We actually talk about stuff that sometimes doesn't make the show. And you can yeah. actually request to be in the live, and we just have people, all kinds of people join us. We had John from Zero Dark 30 last week on. We had Joey Steelblades on. Then Bao. It was a lot of, a lot of fun, a lot of interaction, so... Feel free to hit us up if you want to be a part of that. And remember, new episodes of the Handcuffs and Sawdust podcast are released every Wednesday on Google, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Pandora, and Deezer. And Brandon, if someone wants to ask a question, where can they do that? Well, they can go to handcuffsandsawdustpodcast at gmail.com if they do want to do it the old electronic mail way. Nice. Or they can slide on into the DMs through the Handcuffs and Sawdust Podcast IG page or right. your IG page at MM Midnight Maker. Or even <laughs> my my Instagram page at Full House Woodworking. Just, just throw out a message. And you know what? For a limited time, limited time only, if you ask us a question, we'll send you a damn sticker. You don't even you don't even have to send something to us and try to remember that. Right. Because I'm personally terrible at it. <laughs> Reach so, out to us. So, I'll send you a sticker. So you will get a sticker. Oh, by I the will, way, I will send you one. I sent like 20 stickers to you. You'll get awesome. them Thursday. You'll get them Thursday. I think. Awesome. So you, you can hand them out as you wish. Yeah. Promote the show. In. They're going to end up on like uh, all the neighborhood kids stuff. <laughs> and mailboxes and yeah. lunch boxes. Yeah. Okay. I'll slap one on a mail truck. As the mail truck's going by, ice cream truck. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. I hope you guys stay safe in the shop and on the streets. Peace. Peace.